Well, good morning. I am Joel Wayne, one of the pastors here. I am certainly a transformed follower, and I'm excited to be with you today. I tell you, uh, we're concluding this series called Speak, uh, and I've been preaching through suffering and anxiety, and we've uh, preached on hatred and politics and race, and I've never been so thankful to preach on hope, right? Because especially over the last week, there's, all, there's even more stuff that seems to be taking place, and there seems to be somewhat of a weight that is sitting on shoulders and that people are carrying. And yet, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, there is always hope. There is always hope. There is always hope. And so I'm hoping, I'm prayerful that you will rest in that today. Because so many of us, one of the things that we need to recognize is we're all living by something. We've all placed our hope in something. So many today, we've placed our hope in our own ability. Or maybe, maybe you're a parent. I'm a parent. I have four kids. And um, sometimes I'm like, hey, kids, come here. I want to show you how to do this. So I'm teaching them how to do something. And then about halfway through, I just say, just watch out. I'll just do it. I can do it. Has anybody done that before as a parent? Even at work, you end up doing it. And people are like, hey, listen, you're the supervisor you should be having these individuals over here do this job, not you. And you're like, it's not even worth the time. I'm just go ahead and do it. I can go ahead and just do it better. And so one of the things that we learn is we often have, we, we have hope in ourselves, our own abilities. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't appreciate the talents and the gifts that God's given us. But hope in your own ability will fail you. It will fail you at some point in your life. I know that for me personally, Right. Um, I tell I tell my kids I used to just be a, an athletic stud. And I mean, that's not true. I was like, I used to dunk. And they're like, Dad, you're 5'10". I'm like, yeah, but I mean, I, I could do it. And then my oldest is like, yeah, and then you woke up. Um, and so I, I look at it and so, no matter what, even if it's physically, it's at some point your body will fail you. It's just it's what happens. And we place our hope in so many different things. And what we really need to be talking about today is a biblical hope that will never fade, that will never leave you. One of the things I was reading, I listened to a podcast, and I also read something very similar, that this is really over the last 15 or 20 years is the first time since this nation has been founded that people actually don't believe things will get better. And let that sink in for a moment. If you don't think that your witness and who you are as a person matters, this is the first time over the last 15 or so years that collectively, as a consensus, right, that people don't think things are going to get better. And so there's this weight that comes on people, and man, it's, it's sometimes hard to shake. It's staggering to think about. Some of us, because we've had certain hopes, and or I would even say that we sometimes think that hope is a certain aspiration, and we have certain hopes or aspirations, dreams. Now, that's not biblical hope. I'm going to get into that in a second. But sometimes we think because we've been let down in those, we begin to guard our hearts even more. And so we rest less and less and trust less and less in the fullness of who God is and what he's done. But yet Hebrews 3.6, I, I, I want to tell you briefly what that says. Hebrews 3.6, I'm going to call a lot of passages out for you today. These are great passages to come back later, maybe with a friend or a family member, a neighbor, or somebody at work or your small group and say, hey, what did you think about this passage? What did you think about when he said this? Hebrews 
It literally says that God wants us to boast in our hope. It says, but Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house. If, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. Do you boast? Think about it. That's such a good way to think about it. Do you boast in the hope that you have in Jesus Christ? It just comes out of you. You just know it's there. Right? I mean, you just know certain people have this hope about them. And some people don't carry the hope of the Lord. They carry other things. They, they carry a spirit of grumbling or complaining. Or they're just always, they just never have a smile on their face. Some people I just want to look at and just go smile. And I know people have to wear a mask around different places today. But you can see someone smile through their eyes, right? That's what I tell people. Like, you can tell when they're, I, I just tell people, I'm always, I'm always smiling. And they're like, no, you're not. Those are called wrinkles. I'm going to choose to think I'm always smiling. Right? And, and, and you can see it. You know. And it's because of the hope that I have in Christ. It's the hope that I have in the Lord and what he's done and what he has ushered in through Jesus Christ. And so I think about this. What if we walked around out of this place boasting in the hope that we have in Jesus what if we truly knew what it was to be so anchored in a hope that it would not be moved? That's what we get to talk about today. First, let me give you a, a biblical definition of hope. So this is going to be important. It's going to come up on the screen. Biblical hope is not wishful thinking or an optimistic outlook. Now, we're just going to leave this up here for a while. I am an optimist. Any other optimist out there? Right? Doesn't mean that you're automatically a pessimist if you're not an optimist. But what I would say is I'm an optimist. Like I'm the guy who automatically, no matter what's happening, I see everything as an opportunity. Everything happening in the world today, I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. The darker it is, the brighter the light of Jesus can shine. Let's go. And people are like, Joel, you wear me out. But that's how I look at things. I mean, I'd much rather be an optimist than a pessimist personally because I'm, I always see what can happen. But optimism is not hope. You need to know that. Optimism, and again, I'm an optimist. If you're just an optimist, that means that sometimes you can deny the reality of something that's taking place and you, you can ignore the reality of it. But biblical hope is resting that, and knowing that no matter how hard things get, you still trust in God regardless of the circumstance. That's hope. You see the difference, yes? So optimism can deny reality, but hopeful, being hopeful in Christ, it's certainty in who God is and, and full confidence that Christ has risen. Death has been defeated. Death has been annihilated. Death has been crushed. That's hope. Optimism can deny reality. It can act as though something isn't real, but hope says that no matter how bad it is, you still believe and have faith in Jesus. And people of hope, they see the reality of what is in the world, yet they still firmly believe 1 Peter 1.3 that says, we have been born anew to a living hope. 1 Peter 1.3, we've been born anew to a living hope. And this living hope, it is active and it is vibrant. A living hope is capable of making a new tomorrow. 
And I'm telling you, if you have a biblical hope, it will change the way you see the world. It will change the way you see things as being possible in Christ. And when a person of a biblical hope, if you're someone with a biblical hope, you may see destruction, you see the despair, but you also see the possibility of newness. And when there's pain, you see the possibility of healing. And when there's brokenness, you see the possibility, the promises of God being ushered in. That's why it's this. We want to take everything that's happening and we want to pour it through this lens, this this filter of scripture. And what will always come out if it's really done well is hope. It's a promise that we need to rely on. So what I want to do is I want to talk about some things that we learn when it comes to scripture. What do we learn about hope? Where I want to start today is 1 Thessalonians. Paul wrote to Thessalonica. This is probably around 49 or 50 AD. This is, he's writing to people who are hurting and, and are struggling. And he's writing this letter from Corinth during a second missionary journey. And so here God is using Paul to write this letter. And he's, he's calling out because he's wanting to restore their hope. He's wanting to remind them, hey, guess what, guys? I know that there are, being, there are deaths right now. They are losing people. Um, but he's letting them know, no matter whether you're dead or alive, in this world, um, everybody who believes in Jesus Christ will be saved during the second coming of Jesus Christ. Don't worry about it. He's like calling it out. Hope. And so he's wanting to restore their hope. Some of us need to have our hope restored, right? And this is what he says um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, 2 through 3. He says, we give thanks to God always for all of you constantly mentioning you in our prayers. And then what he does, and just leave it up here, because what he does, this is going to sound an awful lot like, go ahead and write down 1 Corinthians 13, 13. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 is where it says, and these three remain, faith, hope, and But the greatest of these is, there you go. Well, this is about to be called out when he's writing this letter to Thessalonica, and he says, we're, we're constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith. They just keep working in the faith. They keep pushing out. They keep living in it. Your labor of love. These three remain, faith, hope, and love, and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. There it is. Faith, hope, and love. And he's reminding them, listen, I'm wanting to restore your hope. I'm wanting to remind you of what you have in Jesus Christ. And one of the very first things you need to be reminded is that hope is accompanied by faith. Those three things work together. Godly, biblical love, faith, and hope. They work together. Hope is accompanied by faith. You can't have faith without hope, and you can't have hope without faith. But of this very passage in 1 Thessalonians 1, 3, the New Living Translation says, As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope. I love that word, enduring hope. That, that hope that you will not release, you won't let go of no matter what. And the enduring hope that you have because of the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Even in Hebrews chapter 11, this is the, Hebrews chapter 11 is this chapter, it's the heroes of faith. He's laying out all the heroes of faith throughout history, and he says, listen, faith is the assurance, the assurance of things hoped for. It doesn't say that, that faith is the possibility of things hoped for. It's faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Right? You've heard the whole mentality of just take it to the bank. It's good to go. That's what he's saying about hope. Guys, you've, you've lost it. You need, to be, you need to be encouraged in your hope. You need to, to be restored in your hope. Know that faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Romans 5, 5, it says hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So how can we live like this? You know, we know that hope is accompanied by faith, but how can we even walk out of this place today with a different type of temperament, with a different reminder of our own hearts being renewed by Jesus Christ? What needs to take place? Because we know that we live in a world that is broken up. Job is a guy, the book of Job, Old Testament, if you don't know, he went through so much hurt, lost his family, lost everything he had, just a story of someone who walked through suffering and hardship. And he had several friends that you find in the book of Job. One of his friends was by the name of Bildad. All right, B-I-L-D-A-D. And so here he is, and this is what it says in Job. I just want to read it for you very quickly. Job 8.13. Bildad's calling out, like, hey, here's some of the reasons everything in the world's going bad. It's kind of what he's calling out, all right? And he says the following, he says, the same happens to all who forgot God. Same thing happens to anybody who forgets God. The hopes of the godless, what do they do? Evaporate. Gone. Another way of saying it, those who forget God have no hope. Will you say that with me? Those who forget God have no hope. And as the world is forgetting God more and more and more and more, we're losing hope and we keep trying to rely on our own self and our own means and anything that we can do and we recognize that we can't fix the problems of the world, only Jesus can. You see the cycle, right? You're just going down the tube and you're like going, no! And it's because you relied on self and not on Christ. The further we get from God, the less hope we have. But yet the opposite can also be said and, and is true. The closer we are to God, the more hope we have. Are you staying close to God or have you said, you know what, I can do it on my own? You can't do it on your own. So I think of this and I recognize those who forget God have no hope. The further we get from God, the less hope we have. So we want to rely on God and trust in God. It doesn't mean that the circumstances aren't bleak at times. It doesn't mean that they're not difficult at times. But we still have hope in Jesus Christ. And when people don't have a faith in God, you see, this is what I rely on for everything, right? And so people who don't have a faith in God, they tend to rely on something else in order to meet their needs. A lot of people, when they have no faith in God, they think you should rely completely on the government then. So then the government can meet my needs. You hear me, yeah? 
Like, it may not be government for you. It may be something else, your own abilities, your own strength. Something's got to meet those needs. But when you recognize that one thing can't meet your needs, when you can't do it yourself, or if you don't want to do it yourself, you rely on someone else to do it. The further we get from God, the less hope we have. But we can have a faith, right, that is so deep that it's just grasping on to the, to the beauty of God. And so that produces a hope that is promised to us. And that's something else you have to know. Do you know hope is contagious? Hope is contagious. It's infectious. People who know the Lord, they're walking through the hard stuff and they're walking through the difficulties and they're still hoping in Christ, right? That's that confidence in who God is. It's not, hey, I'm hoping things get better. That's wishful thinking. It's, man, I'm good either way. That's contagious. It's infectious for other people. They want to be around that. They just know that's who you are. Let's be honest. This little thing... Uh, is coming up not too far away. It's called Thanksgiving. You know what I'm. You know what it is. And some of you may not want to hang out with family. Most people who don't want to thing, hang out with family is because they think this is. And there's been studies done on this. They think that when they hang out with their family, there's a negativity that comes with it. That's a simple way of thinking about it. Does anybody have a family member that you think are, is just negative? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Do not raise your hand because men. Let me tell you what happened. Your wife will look right at you after the service and say, were you talking about me? Right? Don't raise your hand. Right? Because, listen, hope is contagious, but so are other things as well. I want to put it like this, and I am not, one thing you need to know, I am not making light of COVID. But one of the reasons you step out of this place, you go to a restaurant, you even, we, we ask people to wear a mask to their seat and back and all because they talk about how contagious it is. Guys, we all are spreading something. Can I ask you a question? What are you spreading? Every one of us, you're spreading hope or you're spreading neg- negativity. You're spreading despair. You're spreading doom and gloom. But listen, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you can't spread doom and gloom. Even more pointed is what you're spreading personally worth catching. <laughs> Again, I'm not trying to make light of things. I'm simply saying is we're all spreading something. Is what you're spreading worth catching? That, that's something we need to evaluate and ask us that question. We need to go, wait, is it? I got, is that something worth it? Because one of the things we're reminded of in 1 Thessalonians, they had hope and Paul was letting them know they're living and he's wanting to restore their hope and he's reminding them that their hope wasn't because of what was happening in the world. Their hope was that they knew who their Lord was over the world. You see the difference? They didn't have hope because of what was happening in the circumstances in the world, but they knew, who, they knew who the Lord over the world was, and as a result of that, they had a hope and an assurance and a confidence. It was so in them. They, 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 you know, they get this letter, and they just sit up taller, and they put their, their, their shoulders back, their chin goes up, Another thing that we learn about hope, 
hope moves us. If you really have hope, not, hey, maybe things will be better for next week. No, but if you truly have hope, a confidence and assurance of who Christ is, hope moves us forward in confidence. Not only does it get you to tomorrow, but it gets you, it gets you to tomorrow with confidence. Saint, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, it's only 10 verses. I want to read the last few verses for you as well. And it says the following. It says, for not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you, right? You sound forth something that you have confidence in, that you have an assurance in. And so it says, not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you. What are you projecting? What are you communicating? What are you sending out? Not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. We don't even need to say anything. For they themselves, they report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and to serve the true God. They had a confidence. All of a sudden, Paul is wanting to restore their hope, and they're going forward in a confidence. Christian hope, biblical hope, is a realistic expectation of and joyful longing for future good and the glory of God. And it's based on the word of God. And the more we learn of hope, the more we recognize it allows us to be set free from the past. We've all struggled in life. And we all have mistakes that we've made. But what I would tell you is that when you truly have hope in the Lord, it allows you to be set free from those previous mistakes and that previous sin and to step into a glorious future that you could never have otherwise. Some of you aren't walking in hope because you have a family member who has thrown chains of regret around your ankles and you don't have enough strength to keep walking. Right? No matter what you do, no matter how many times you apologize, they will not let you forget what you did previously. Well, that person isn't representing hope. They're representing despair and hardship. And yet in Hope is what allows us to move forward in confidence. Hope deletes so very much of the past because of the forgiveness that we can have in Christ. Hope moves us from despair to confidence in what is to come. And godly hope, it isn't based on you getting what you want. It's determined by having faith in God no matter the circumstance, knowing that you will trust in God. Hear this again. Godly hope is not based on you getting what you want. It's determined by having faith in God that no matter the circumstance, you will trust in God. Hope brings the fullness of God. Hope is based on God's word, not our wishes. 
Hope is based on God's word, not our wishes. It wasn't, but probably five, six days ago, a couple of my kids came. They're like, we should spend some time making our Christmas list. And I said, man, we are just been so blessed with the love of Jesus Christ. Do we really need anything else besides that? And my youngest looked at me and goes, so it's not a good time. We'll come back later. <laughs> That's what I live with. But hope isn't based on your wishes, our wishes. It's based on God's word and God's truth. Right? Hope moves us forward in so much confidence. It changes the way you encounter everybody else. Another thing that we learn about hope, hope is a bedrock in the storm. Hope is a, it is a foundation in the storm. No matter how fast and swirling the winds are, and no matter what's happening with the waves around us, Hope is a bedrock in the storm. Uh, there's, there's these catacombs where Christians who were being persecuted actually had to live. And those catacombs from the first century of the New Testament church, did you know that they found in those catacombs 66 drawings of anchors? Because they had a hope that was an anchor in the storm. They lived in that. They declared that. This is all during the midst of the Roman persecution toward Christians and everything that was happening, right? We've spoken numerous times about the Roman Emperor Nero. And here he is, even during the great fire in 64 and all this, he blamed Christians for it. And they've got all this persecution. And you go to where they're hiding out during this time, and you see anchor after anchor after anchor. Because they knew no matter the persecution, you could not remove the hope they had in Jesus Christ. It's set on them. They lived in it. That's why it tells us Hebrews chapter 6, 19 is probably one of the most popular passages when it comes to what it is to know hope. And it tells us in Hebrews 6, 19 that we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It's not going anywhere. You throw your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and the anchor will not be moved. Right in high school, I told a story before, my friend and I, we would go, his father, they had a, a, a small sailboat. And it's like 22, 23 feet. We had it on Lake Lanier there in Georgia, right outside of Gainesville, Georgia, probably 45 minutes or an hour away from Atlanta. If traffic, maybe about four hours away. And we would go and we would get on that sailboat and we'd go around and sometimes um, it's an artificial man-made lake with a dam, right? And so uh, a lot of it was somewhat shallow, some very deep, but other parts shallow. We'd go and we would try to just want to have, we would want to swim. And so we'd throw an anchor down and we'd start to drift because the bed of some of the areas was so sandy and we'd start to drift. That's what happens if you, guys, if you've thrown your anchor in, into anything other than God, if your hope is in anything other than God, you're going to continually drift. Have you seen how our world has done that? 
If, you're, if your hope is in the government, if your hope is even in a family member, if your hope is in anything other than Jesus Christ, you're going to continually drift and you're never going to have all of your needs met. It's not going to happen. It's one of the beauties of knowing that when we throw our anchor into Jesus Christ, the anchor's not moving. I remember we would literally, sometimes the water wouldn't be 10, 12 feet deep type of thing. So we would sometimes go down and jump to the anchor and have to like try to get it, bury it in the sand so the boat would stop moving. You don't have to do that with Jesus. He's already taken care of it. Hope is a bedrock in the storm. Like an anchor, even when it is out of sight, hope grabs everything that you need so that you can trust in God. So that you don't have to drift anymore. But if your hope, again, is in anything else, you're going to continually drift. That's why we say, right, you've got God over here and you've got the evil one, Satan, over here. And what Satan wants you to do is just to take, he doesn't, he just wants you to take one small step toward him, right? Well, I'm going to give up in this or I'm going to give up in this or I'm going to give up in this. And just continually take one small step. And in time, you've drifted so far from God. It's because your hope's not in Christ. Your hope is in what you can do. Your hope is in one day you don't have to go to school ever again, right? I've got two kids who are like, I want to go to school. And I have two other kids. They're doing cartwheels everywhere they go. And so we have hope in different things. And we have hope in this or hope in that. And we place our hope in our finances. And every single person, right, no matter what you make, every single person thinks that if they just make roughly twice what they make right now, then they can be good. Have you ever noticed? I remember the days, truly, I was like, if I can just make $1,000 a month. That doesn't pay my grocery bill with all the kids I have. (laughs) Amen, anybody? They need to start growing their own food. (laughs) Right? And It doesn't matter. If your hope is not in Christ, you're going to continually drift You don't have to drift anymore in the name of Jesus. Hope is a bedrock in the storm. And it keeps you steady. That's what hope does for us. It gives us confidence to move forward into the future. We know that not only that, It's a bedrock in the midst of chaos, in the midst of storms that are beating against our souls. Even when things seem to be running in the opposite direction of God, people of hope know that Jesus stands as the ultimate witness that brokenness and despair have been defeated. Some of you right now may be going, oh, Joel, you don't understand. Listen, um, there's so many marriages that are struggling right now. There are kids who are dreading that they actually have to stay home because their life is not good at home. School is actually a respite for them. 
But one day there will be no more broken marriage. And one day there will be no more depression. And one day there will be no more hatred. One day there will be no more suffering or financial woes. One day. And because our hope is in Jesus Christ, we literally can sit up straight and we can stare into the dark eyes of this world. And we can know that we can remain steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Right? I've said it so many times over the course of my ministry. And I just look at people and they, they talk about, man, what hope is in tomorrow what what's coming what's happening there's so much despair and so much suffering and i always i just like to look at people and i just go have you met my god my god is a god who loves the world so much that he gave his son jesus christ to die for us so even in the midst of my despair and my brokenness and my sin and all the mistakes i've made and the struggles in my marriage and the struggles with children and the struggles financially that i've had in my life no matter what, even physical hurts and pains and sufferings, no matter what, I know in the end, my God wins. It is a foundation for me. It's where my hope is. It is firm and secure. My hope in Jesus Christ, it ain't going anywhere. And so we stand firmly and secure in knowing that our hope is in Jesus Christ. It's for 1 Corinthians 15. Just listen, listen to this. This is so powerful. It says the following. It says, death is swallowed up in victory. Amen? No, no, no. Okay. You're a sinner. You have nothing without Jesus. Jesus conquered death. And so as a result, it says, death is swallowed up in victory. Amen? Like, we don't, do you believe the words you speak? Has your heart received and embraced the words that you speak? It says, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is in the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my, be my beloved brothers, be steadfast. Be immovable. Always abound in the work of the Lord, knowing that the work of the Lord, the labor that you have is not in vain. Because Jesus has already won. Have you met my God? And some of you are going, man, Pastor's got a little bit of attitude today. I think we need a little more attitude that re resembles the fact that we stand in a hope that nobody can take. Can we actually believe what we state to be truth? There's a hope in Jesus Christ that cannot be moved. It cannot be shaken. It cannot be taken away from the world. It will never leave us. His name is Jesus Christ. And so when you believe in the hope of Jesus, our default setting is not, man, nothing's ever going to change. Our default is nothing is impossible with God. And that is a God worth worshiping. That is a God worth worshiping. Do you have hope, truly, that confidence, hope in Jesus Christ? And if you don't, 
There's always people in the prayer room to pray with you. Contact us during the week. If you're online watching this, send us a message. We will reach out to you. Because there is nothing greater than having a confidence that God is who he says he is, that he will do all that he has said he will do. He will never fail you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is a God of permanence. He is a God that is forever, for eternity. And he has given his son, Jesus Christ, to make sure that you can be set free from the sin and the captivity of your own life. It doesn't get any better than that. And so, Lord, I come before you in the name of Jesus Christ. I come before you right now giving you thanks that hope in you, hope in your son, Jesus Christ, is a bedrock in the midst of storms. I give you thanks, Lord, that we can move forward with the confidence, knowing that our faith grounds us in a greater hope. And so we move forward, Lord, giving you anything happening in our life right now. And I know some in this place, they are in desperate need of you. And so may they breathe you in, Lord. May they breathe you in. May they recognize the hope that is Jesus. In Christ's name.